Welcome to episode 14 of Monday Club in Isolation podcasts. Monday Club is based at Bay, the community library, not far from Pontypridd in the South Wales Valley. We enjoy physical exercise, intellectual stimulation, such as talks, quizzes, craft classes, and most importantly, companionship and support. Although there has been some easing of the social restrictions and talk of more to come, We are probably not going to be able to meet and have a cup of tea whilst enjoying each other's company for some time yet. So we hope this podcast will help us reach out into the community and keep us in touch with each other. Today we have with us two Marys. One is Mary P.S. and one was Mary (laughs) P.S. Now is Mary West. And my co-host, my wingman, Carol. If you'd like to... Just introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about how you're connected to the Mendy Club. Hello, I'm glad to be part of this. Um, I've been connected with being a library, well, in its older sense, since I was probably about eight or nine, when the library was at the back of the, um, the welfare in the Lesser Hall. And Mrs Reynolds was the library. And I think like a lot of people of my generation, we seem to spend a lot of time there. Uh, more recently, since I retired from teaching in Brinklenog, I've and done a few talks uh, for the Monday Club on various topics, uh, crime drama, advertising, pop music, and it's something I've really enjoyed integrating with the community. Thanks very much. And the other Mary, how about you? Well, I was used to come to the library when I was much, much younger. And then when I retired from working in the civil service, I wanted to volunteer. So I approached Carol. The year before I retired, I approached Carol to say I'd like to be a volunteer. So I've been volunteering at the library on a Tuesday mainly, but I've been invited to join the Monday Club on their various outings and have thoroughly enjoyed them as well. I'm glad about that. Well, thank you both for that. We usually start with an icebreaker question. And today's question is, if you were a performer in a circus, what would you be and why? Cara, you can go first. After all your expertise with the, the Tai Chi, perhaps my balance would be all right. I'll be a tight walker. And be thanks to you, mine. So uh, hopefully I won't fall off. You just want to wear a sparkly costume, do you? <laughs> well, make a change from the scruffy things I'm wearing today. <laughs> okay. How about Mary West then? I think a lion tamer. Why a lion tamer? Well, I spent all those years in Brinkland on crowd control and I got a very loud voice. So maybe, you know, and cracking the whip to get them in order. I think and I do quite like lions. So, yeah, lion tamer. Okay, then. I can imagine you as a lion tamer, to be honest. (laughs) How, How about you, Mary? Well, yeah, I nearly said lion tamer, funny enough, because I I love any animals but the one the one that kept I kept coming back to is when I was small my uncle always used to ask me what I would want if he won the pools and I always wanted a white pony so I I must have seen the white ponies going around the ring Mm -hmm. with all those you know those ladies balancing on top of them and probably that's what I would love to be yeah okay then well I thought that I would be the ringmaster (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, lo- I looked up what a ringmaster actually does and it might suit me to an extent because a ringmaster not only introduces the acts and keeps things going throughout 
but he also fits in. So he might sort of be picked on by the clowns or have to do some sort of turn while they wait for the tightrope walker to get up the ladder. Also, they need to use hyperbole. Well, I can most definitely make a mountain out of a molehill. So I thought that's probably the job for me then. Well, I asked you both first, I think, what have you been doing? How has lockdown been for you? Should we go with Mary West first again? Well, I've been doing, like a lot of people, I've been doing an awful lot of walking. I do normally try to do quite a bit of activity and usually swim about two, three times a week and go to the gym. But of course, as with everybody, not being able to do that. Now, I'm very fortunate where we live in Tantrasund. I'm sort of about five minutes walk from the Billy Wint and also about equidistant really from the, the common. So that, that's been lovely. And even though I've lived around here all my life, discovered, and I'm still discovering each week, new routes that we can go to. Uh, and it's quite nice on some occasions. I'm not sure we've all had times when we've woken up really early in the morning and thinking, oh, how much longer is this going to go on for? But um, I don't think it was the wisest move I did one morning, probably about five or six weeks ago. When I woke up and it was about five o'clock, it was light. And I thought, oh, I'll just go for a walk. So I did just go for a walk. I didn't bother telling Andrew. I climbed the Billy Wind without a stick, which is pretty brave because it was only last year I had a hip replacement. And slipped a bit and then thought, oh, I'm going to be lying here for a long time and nobody's going to know where I am. Because I didn't even take my mobile phone with me. But it was worth getting up to the top and looking around. So, yes, that's that's one of the main things I've been doing. Reading, sunbathing, which has always been my main summer activity, actually. Yeah, and, and taking part in an awful lot of church services either on Facebook Live or with Zoom, which has been very different, a very different kind of worship. Uh, but our, our young curate, Steve, was actually leaving us this week to go down to Saundersfoot, um, has been leading that worship. And it's been very different because I have missed church because I'm there a lot, you know. Uh, but, um, yeah, that, those are some of the things I've been doing so far anyway. Okay. Mary, how about you? A couple of things. I've been getting used to life with having one very super-duper good eye now I've had the cataract done and waiting not very patiently to have the other one done because I've found it's affected my balance. Oh, gosh. So I haven't been walking as much as I would have liked to have done because I was finding I was walking up to my brother's and sort of thinking, I'm going to fall into that hedge or Mm. I'm going to fall into that car. I'm much better now. I was even worried going down the garden, putting the washing on the line, thinking, I'm going to fall over in a minute. But things, things have improved quite a lot along that line. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to life with having one bad eye and one good eye. And I'm hoping I won't be long before I get used to life with two good eyes. But I've just been catching up with friends. I'm on Zoom. Thank goodness for things like Facebook and Messenger. And catching up with friends all around the country, really. Thank you for that, the both of you. Uh, Mary West, can I just ask about the church, and that's St Michael's Church. Mm. Lynn and I have been walking past there quite a lot, and at one time there was a very strong lock on the gate, and the last time there was no lock at all. The first day of lockdown, which is actually Mother in Sunday, the first day we, you know, the first Sunday of lockdown, I had a 
Facebook message from somebody who lives across the road to tell me that the window had been smashed, which oh. I wasn't very pleased about, as you can understand. So, well, I didn't manage actually to get a glazier, but Andrew and uh, somebody else who comes to church and he managed to repair the window. Anyway, I didn't go up for a couple of weeks. And when I went up there, I discovered that this great bolt had been put across the, on the gate. So I took that off and then discovered that in the corner of the churchyard, unbeknownst to us, somebody had extended their garage and was using the corner of it as a building site. Now, after a bit of investigation, we discovered that he had been allowed to buy a little bit of the land to extend his garage, but certainly hadn't been allowed to use the rest of it. And it's quite a large area. It actually looks like a sizable building plot to store his stuff. And so he put a big bolt on the gate because he said it stopped people getting at his stuff. Anyway, after he was tackled and showed the necessary paperwork, the gate, the, belt, the bolt was removed. As you can imagine, in the middle of lockdown, with you know the churches are closed, I, I wasn't best pleased. But since then, Howard, who, who cuts the grass, has been able to get in there and cut the grass. I've got the glazier that came yesterday. The window is, is being made now because it's obviously in unusual shape. And um, we're hoping that as soon as they say we can be open for services, that we'll, we'll be okay. So, uh, it wasn't uh, one of the stained glass windows, was it, Mary? No, it wasn't, thankfully. Oh, okay. It wasn't. Yeah. And it was just stone thrown through the window. But unfortunately, last week, we had a break in at Antrison Church I as well. That, yeah. that was stained glass. Oh, hell. Uh, but we, we're just waiting now because they've said that um, churches can open for silent prayer. Yeah. Um, we're just waiting for sort of a timetable and we'll have to put, uh, you know, obviously something needs to be in the church to sit there for the time when it's open because it will obviously be open all the time but it just struck me at certain okay it saddened me when I went up there and saw really high grass and a, a locked gate because it really did look as though we were closed and it was especially sad when it was Joan Whitty's funeral because oh. the the coffin came you know, this came up to the church and we stood outside which was lovely but then behind we just had a backdrop of long grass but Things are moving on. Oh, good. That's, that's been sorted. <laughs> um, it wasn't old. The, the stained glass was it very old? Um, well, it was certainly Victorian and possibly oh, older. So, and it's not the whole window. It's, it's a space of about uh, a metre, but it's obviously have to be matched and everything. Yeah. So, it's a specialist repair then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it'll be a specialist repair. Yeah. But we have got a new rector at the moment. We've joined with some of several of the other parishes and we've got a new rector who started with us now. He hasn't been able to move into the vicarage yet. But we're combining with Lantwood Vardra Parish, Pontaclean, Llanharry and Llanharan. So we're going to go from three churches to nine churches, which is uh, an interesting time, shall we say. <laughs> so how will they manage services then? Do you expect of the same... Number of services? Well, uh, yeah, this is still, over. We're still sort of in a development stage because Church Village has got a vicar, Pontaclean's got a vicar. Yeah. They've yet to appoint Daniel Sanhari, Stroke Sanharan. So there'll be the same number of clergy. So I think in the interim, they, they're looking to make the transition as seamless as possible. Apparently, the new rector has set up community gardens beforehand so it would be really exciting if we could go ahead with the project of 
you're having, you know, a community garden in St Michael's. So. We were looking at that, weren't we, a couple of years we back? We were. Really, really good link, wouldn't it, you know? Yeah. Church and the community and schools. We got some good gardeners in the Monday Club as well. Yeah. So great. that would be really good if we could go ahead with that. And, you yes, know. yes. So we hopefully... Hopefully we can get that st- sorted, you know. Mary P.S., we were talking the other day about um, a group of friends that you do Zoom meeting with and that you got connections to a-, a charity which is currently mined, isn't it? Trustee of a charity called the Joseph Herman Arts Foundation and it centres on Astragunlice. We decided to do a project raising funds for MIND. Mind Cymru in particular, in this time of the of the uh, pandemic, to and ask people to send us in a postcard. It could be a photograph, it could be a piece of art, it could be something, a poem or anything, so that we could raise cell to generate some funds. But what we're going to do is we've got at the moment over 200 postcards have come in, some of them are absolutely spectacular. Some of them aren't, I should say, but that's as they say, it's art is in the eye of the beholder, whether you some you like, some you don't. And we're going to we're not going to you can't pick and choose. You're going to pay £25 is the figure that we're working on at the moment. And you could have in that for that £25, you could have a cartoon that has been done by one of our patrons, Michael Sheen, the actor, of himself in lockdown. You could have a a piece that's been knitted or a piece that has been embroidered, because I I, I see all of them as they've been coming in. Or you could have a a postcard that a child has drawn of a spaceship. That's the bit that's going to be drawn out of a hat. We couldn't work it that you could pick and choose, because... Everybody, I would say, would want to see one of Michael Sheen's cartoons. Yeah. But we were doing we were doing quite well. The postcards were trickling in, but he did a video for us. And since the video was done, the postcards are coming in thick and fast now. I've also heard we've got something coming in from Stephen Fry. So, uh, but I'm not. I think that's just a photograph, though. I don't think that's anything. But they're a very artistic lot up in Ashtagunlice. So they've got lot. They, we have we have written to all the artists that we can think of. We've shared it on Facebook, and it's 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 been generating quite a bit of interest. Well, we can we can certainly put something on our Facebook page. I think Carol, can't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, Sophie can. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want any more postcards? It, well, we've we extended the deadline till the fifth of July, so um, we had the deadline was originally the twenty first of June, but Michael Sheen's video only came in the week before the week before the twenty first of June. So as a result, we've extended it until the fifth of July, and um, as soon as I finish this meeting now, I'm off to join the next one with the the trustees of the charity seeing what happens next. If anybody wanted to contribute a postcard, well, how would they go about it? Because we've got some big artists in the library, Anne, haven't we? we? Have. The best place is to look at, we've got a Facebook page, right. which is, and all they have to do is, if you type in the Joseph Herman Arts Foundation, right. yeah. and Joseph is spelt J O 
S-E-F, Herman. I'll tell you a bit about Joseph. He uh, was a Polish refugee. He came to the UK in 1940. He'd left Warsaw. He'd left his home in Poland in 1938 and went to Belgium first. Then he went to France and he managed to get to the UK in 1940. And he went and lived, he went to visit a Stuttgart for two weeks in 1944, and he landed up staying 11 years because he loved the place. He felt um, they just welcomed him into the village. And many of his pictures are of some people. I I really love his pictures, but they're of miners Mm -hmm. and the men going off to work in the morning and they, the village sort of adopted him. Unfortunately, he had to leave the village in the 50s, in the mid-50s, because of for health reasons. But he never forgot his time spent in Ashtagunlais, so much so that when he, he died, and when his wife, his widow, died, they left a body of his work to the people of Ashtagunlais, which is kept, and we, we are looking after it in the welfare hall. In You're a trustee, aren't you? I'm a trustee, yes. I became, like I volunteered to join the library when I retired. At the time, I knew the chairman of trustees. Mm. And she asked me, what I was, what was I going to do now that I'd retired? And I said, oh, I'm going to look for the sort of things I can volunteer at. And that was, well, come and join us. Yeah. You, you only have to do four meetings a year. That was a lie, if ever there was. So, uh, it's been a bit difficult the last six months because I haven't been able to get to a gun life. But it's, it's been quite good, the Zoom meeting, because I'm being quite, you know, we're all involved now because many of the trustees are based in, in and around that part of, of yeah. the world. But we got one from Aberystwyth, myself. We've got a couple who live in sort of more in Carmarthen so uh, yeah they're quite a good bunch and this this has been a fascinating thing to be involved with but if anybody wanted to sign, send in a postcard the yeah. um, best way of looking is that you can yeah. google either google Joseph Herman Foundation yeah. and it's on our Facebook page but we've also got a website and you can actually also see Michael Sheen's video you know so it's been it's been excellent as soon as I know anything more about how we are buying them, I shall let you know. Okay, that's lovely. Well, thank you for that. And good luck. We hope it's a great success for you. I hope so too. I'm sure it will be, especially if you've got um, a famous person involved. So oh, we got a couple. We have a couple, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Mary, Mary West. But I was going to ask you today to talk about the talk that you were thinking of putting in place. Yeah, one of the things that I've had plenty of time to do recently is sort out lots of books. And I actually found out I've got about 85 recipe books. And I came across a really one, really interesting one by William Sitwell, which is the history of cooking in 100 recipes. And it starts with, I think it's a Stone Age recipe for bread and there's things which I think they found in the pyramids and it goes right through the middle ages um, up to I think uh, some of Heston Blumenthal's more obscure recipes. One very interesting one was a recipe from about um, I think it was by 1730 which involved a live goose 
and you actually force fed the goose and then you tethered it and put a circle of fire around it. No, poor goose. The goose would then panic and would try to escape from the fire and then would actually roast itself. Oh, do um, I must admit that you know that that was pretty stomach churning actually, and the thing was to eat it as it was dying. But um, yeah, there's been certainly lots of you know really interesting things, and also some recipes which people would recognise as recipes that we use now. We've got ones where sugar first came to be used in recipes, where spices were used in many cases to hide the the, the fact that the food you were eating was rotting in some cases. But um, I've also been found some sort of recipes for cordials and things you can make. In fact, this afternoon I've just made rhubarb and ginger cordial from rhubarb in the garden, which actually goes really nicely with gin and tonic. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to a time when I can do that talk in the library. I'm sort of, I'll say, I went, I spent an afternoon going through all my cookery books and discovered I've got 83. And I think if I have a really bad afternoon or we have a second lockdown or whatever, I think I might actually go along and find out actually how many recipes I've got as well, not just recipe books. But another interesting thing I found was a book of knitting patterns from the 40s. Well, that was quite interesting as well. I mean, I know some of us here are old old enough to remember lots of... I had lots of knitted things when I was little and my gran used to actually unpick some of her things and reuse the wool. Yeah. And I can remember having knitted vests and things, but there's the whole gamut of your knitted underwear, knitted swimwear. And I discussed this with a friend who said he can remember having these cousins' red knitted bathers. Okay. And you'd go into the sea in them yeah. and they would stretch and you'd come out looking as though you'd had a nasty accident and yeah. you were hemorrhaging as you came out. So, so yeah, there's been some quite interesting things I've come across, which I didn't even realise I have copies of. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do, I've been volunteering for about 10 weeks now in the food bank. And yesterday, for the first time, I was actually stuck in a bit of a traffic jam going to Talbot Green when I was going down. So. Which was one in Pontypridd, Mary? Yeah, we've been based in Bethel. Um, yeah. um, now we've moved down to, there's a warehouse in Coit Kalane. It's open every, it's open Monday to Friday. But I, I used to, before lockdown, I used to do it once a month with the Trussell Trust in, in Talbot Green. But that, closed um so i've just been helping with this one now and it's um it's an eye-opener because yeah i uh, realize how much poverty we've got in our communities you know and and and, and has worsened isn't it and we'll get it has uh, i mean alwyn wanted to start one in the library Mm. um when we first opened didn't she Anne? and um, yeah we, we just wasn't big enough. And no. Wanted to have a, you had to have a locked cupboard, and I mean, yeah. we just didn't have the space. Didn't no. We? Well, what we've been doing for about the last ten weeks is making up weekly orders for people, and it's like being in your own mini supermarket because yeah. everything's organised there. But all I can say is, people are living on an awful lot of tomatoes, yeah. tin tomatoes, beans. Well, the community church has got one. I think it's a Friday morning. I think it's ten. Yes. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I've been given to the um, the food bank in Salem yeah. Chapel in Church oh. Village. Oh, with Rosa. That, yeah. With Rosa, and Rosa's yeah. been put out every now and again. 
These these are the things we need this week. Throughout all of this period, I've done most of my shopping. I didn't go into a shop for about six or seven weeks. I was getting, yeah. I, I, luckily I managed to get a Sainsbury's delivery. So when Rosa was putting out what they needed, I was just adding a couple of things onto the Sainsbury's delivery. And, and then I said, oh, I got some more food. Mm. Oh, can you bring it up? And I'm thinking, gosh, I've got to go out and, and deliver this. You know? <laughs> yeah. I think that was the first time I had been in Church Village. It was to actually take stuff up to the food bank. But mm. uh, yeah, that was the only way. Yes, I could. I could have survived with my Sainsbury's mm. delivery. Thank you. Well, I, I got to the co-op in Church Village after about three or four weeks, I think, because I say I didn't have much food there, and I this local spa and the co-op in Tennant is quite good. But then you're talking. I don't take the car. I, I go down mm. and and buy as I go along, you know. And I use this company, yeah. um, Tonrever Bishops. Uh, they deliver fruit and veg, so lower, right? I don't like queuing. I, I just a bit like you find it intimidating. But I did go on the bus this week to Boots and Talbot Green. I caught the bus, the four or four, and it, there were only three people on the bus. I wore a mask, and it was okay. But I, 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 I'm not much of a shopper anyway, so I, I wouldn't be going on a regular basis. You know, just keep away. I think that's the best thing, isn't it? It's been quite nice in Lantris and Old Town because the, the shop on the Bull Ring, Dave and, and Kevin, have been they've been amazing. Yeah. And the butchers has been wonderful as well, you know. It's been like going back. Um, I mean, I lived in the town when I was little and it's been like going back 60 years. It, it would be nice to think that we would go back to this way. Everybody's queuing, everybody's socially distancing, but mm. it, it, just catching up with the gossip and... and and they, in the, especially in Kevin and Dave's, they've, if people have wanted particular things, they've gone out of their way to get them. And one lady up the road from here had been given an awful lot of elderflower by her son. And she decided to make elderflower champagne. So she needed some uh, cider vinegar. So she said to Dave in the shop, can you get me some cider vinegar? And he said, yeah, of course, I'll get a few. So he delivered the next day five litres. And she needed oh. two tablespoons. <laughs> so if you know any of anyone who wants cider vinegar, I know where you can get it from. <laughs> so, Well, a couple of Sundays we had a walk over the common, which is a, it's a lovely walk, Mary, isn't it? We it is. Goldie's Farm. Over oh, I've only just discovered that. It's a okay. wonderful walk, yeah. Really? Honestly. Yeah. And, um, well, it's a nice circle of walk. If you have the ash path that brings you then up to Castelline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that shortens it quite a bit. Yeah. Did you do to get married or get in, is to get in marriage, Mary? Our son's supposed to be getting married in August. Yeah. The plan was that we've hired a, a big house in Devon for the weekend and an 18 of us were going to stay, but that's not going to happen. But they haven't made a final decision yet what is going to happen. Right. Um, our daughter's getting married uh, a year now, so hopefully everything will be yeah. back to normal then. So the, that's but, still in, you don't know what's happening now for August, do you? We don't know what's happened from August, for August yet. They did manage to register just before lockdown for a registry office wedding in London. So they were talking about just having a, a wedding where they and the two sets of parents go up. Not that I'm particularly looking forward to going up to London, mind. So we don't know how... How things will work out, but uh, they are what I would call didorous. They just won't make a decision on things, you know. So oh, it's a shame, isn't it? You know, it is, but this it's what it is, isn't it? Exactly. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
Yes, as well, they laid back, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you know, they you, are. You're right, getting into yeah. terrible states over this, you know. No, it's, it's not. There's nothing yeah. you can do. We're, well, we've come to the end of our time again. Okay. Yeah. So thank you very much for your contribution, ladies. Well, thank you. Thank you. Really good. Thank you. And uh, Mary West, we, we're hoping to be able to start a sort of Zoom talk. Yeah, yes, I'll be fine. Yeah, well... That, that's got a way to go because I've got a bit of a problem with my Zoom hosting at the moment. But right. hopefully I overcome that. And it's also my intention that if we can, we use Zoom for other things as well, perhaps to do Tai Chi or talks and whatever. But because I think it'll be a long time before the Monday Club can ever meet again in the usual way. Thanks to our speakers today, Mary West and Mary Pierce, and to Carol, of course, who is here every week, thank goodness, and to Debbie Aurelius for hosting the podcast for us. And thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed our conversations today and that this podcast has made you feel a little less isolated, even if just for a short time. On a more serious note, if you want official advice about coronavirus, please don't take any advice from this podcast as the situation is still changing quickly. So you should keep yourself up to date on a daily basis. And I highly recommend that you use, check the information on the Welsh Government's website. So we hope that you will join us for our last podcast for this season. Next week, we will hold an open Zoom meeting and we hope you will all join in. Well, that's all for now, folks. Keep safe. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye, loves. Bye.